Um, to me, Tamako is a hononga to our, our land and our ancestors um, and all their stories. It's also a symbolism of identity to me um, and a representation of my culture, um, the most beautiful culture in the world. Summer Bennett receives muko on her left forearm. Her daughter Naya and her mum Tiana Bennett watch her as she undertakes a three-hour session with muko artist Sai McLeod. Through consultation with our pakeke, uh, it was decided that I'd be receiving my mata um, To be blatantly um, honest here, I didn't want it. I was actually, at that time, wanting to... Um, further my 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 mātauranga through the, through the hahi, through rātana. Maya Farekura, who works with Te Runanga o Ngaiterangi, received his mataora from artist Henari Brookin in Whangara to acknowledge iwi and whakapapa connections. Moko is always, like for us, it's always been about how we connect to the land and our umbilical tie to the earth and... Um, and it's our way around how we think as well. Sai McLeod, former student of Toi Haukura, works as a muku artist. He's passionate about health and fitness, art, te reo Māori and kapahaka. In the series, Tāmbuko Sessions each share their story about muku, their own perspective of receiving it, and as you'll hear, their own narratives around how muko plays an integral part of their identity. E akunui e akurahi, no mai anō ki tēnei hōtaka o te ahika. Iti te wā, nui te kōrero e heke mai nei. This is Te Ahika, I'm Justine Murray. We first met Tiana Bennett back in 2015. Back then she talked about her physical struggles with rheumatoid arthritis. My arthritis is rheumatoid and it's a disease that's in my blood and it travels in my blood and goes round and round my body. So my muscles are working over overtime and that's why my muscles get really tired. So that's why I'm tired all the time because it's called fatigue. Today, Tiana deals with chronic pain on a daily basis, and it's this pain that her daughter, Summer, chooses to acknowledge through her muko. The battle that she's going through at the moment, as I sit here and the needle's going in me, um, it's really not anything compared to the pain that my mum goes through every day, so it's, yeah, it's, it's a whole lot of things for me, really. Yeah, so it's on my arm. And it is more so just, you know, my remembering who and where I came from and, you know, the, the sacrifices that the people before me have made. How do you feel about hearing that? Yeah, no, well, we've talked about it and um, what she's getting on her forearm is something that I've always wanted for probably about 25 years. But um, it's lovely to be here with her and to have Naya here as well. And what she's saying about, you know, because I do, I live in pain every day, chronic pain every day, so it's nice that she's acknowledging that piece, that, that pain. Summer explains what moko means to her. Uh, a honunga to our, our land and our ancestors and all their stories. It's also a 
a symbolism of identity to me um, and a representation of my culture. For me, it's, it's, I'm still learning about what tāmoko is. Just been on a rediscovery journey of te ao Māori and where I come from so, and who I am. Uh, so for me, tāmoko is just one of those arms of our beautiful culture. And so for me, tāmoko is just one of the ways that we show our honunga. So it's more encapsulated in, in this particular design. Yeah, yeah. And for me too, it's, um, I have a full faith in Sai. He's the artist, so um, you know he understands what the mahi is. So really it's not something that like I've, I've asked particularly at all. I didn't ask for it to go this way or that way. Mm. Or, uh, and I know it's going to be beautiful. Of course, we have your girl who over here, <laughs> Naya, and your mum. Yeah. So was it important um, part of the process to obviously have Fano with you? Um, yeah, well, so is my Fano anyway, so um wouldn't really matter either way, but it is really nice to have mum here and my baby here just to, to keep me toe. Summer's mum, Tiana Bennett, had her mokko done in the mid-1990s. She shares her story. I was just sitting in one of the whares we used to go to in Marae probably once a month and just do noho. And I was just drawing away and I wanted some ink on me. And, um, and so Justine, gosh, Justine Munn sort of tidied it up for me. So I wear it in my heart and it's got moa on it. It's got, it represents whanau, it represents tauranga on it, it represents the sun represents the mountain and my whanau and in particular summer so um but when I got it done we climbed up the mount that was when I was able to climb up the mount I didn't have yes. arthritis then and um we climbed up the mount in the morning saw the sunrise and then we went off and um got oh did karaki with my dad climbed the mount and it rained a little bit up there it was lovely yes. summer and I went up just by ourselves and she was only about seven and then we went to the studio and it was a guy called oh he was a he was a wattie, and I worked with his father, and um, he, you know, I met him, and I really liked him, and and so he put it on me, and we had wire going and everything like that, you know, through it. And I ain't talking about it now, because it's, it's not a big piece, but it's special, you know. In 2017, Te Runanga Ongai organised a five-day journey for its descendants to follow the tapuwai or footsteps of their ancestors. Named Te Heke o Te Rangi Hauhiri, the pilgrimage started in Tauranga and made its way to areas that include the east coast, Whangara, Tolaga Bay, Tōrere and Maketu. Maya Farekura works at Te Faretirara o Te Rangi Hauhiri, the research and preservation unit at Te Runanga Ongai Te Rangi. A teacher and haka exponent, Maya was identified as a young person who would wear Moko, or in this case, a mataora, to acknowledge the ties between Tauranga and Whangara. But as he explains, at the time, it was something that he was unsure of. Through that time, we, in a consultation process, we had to go down to, to you know, where we're going to, to Whangara. Yes. And so we, we met with Derek down there, and it was, it was him that, that laid down the, 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 the kaupapa, uh, a tono to us, that, you know, he had the tuno kaupapa. Whakapapa, um, another one was, um, he put it down, Tomo. As an arranged marriage. As an arranged marriage. Yes. And the last one he said was Heke Toto. So the theme running through all of those three was blood ties. It was Toto. Mm. So the Heke Toto one come up. 
Um, so I was pretty much in Rangirua. Yes, eh? yes, two minds about it. <clears throat> yeah, so, um, but I quickly got over that and said, oh, yep, I need the iwi. That's, you know, they're asking me to get this done. So it was three of us, myself, Rion Tuanau, and at that time it was my mother mm. um, to receive the tāmoko down at uh, the Toihaukura under Derek's um, kura. And then they became a fourth one, which was Rion's father, who was um, quite a hard case. He sort of he sort of just jumped on the table and had a, had a good laugh. And as soon as the the uhi the the, the tattooing gun hit his hit his kanohi, uh, yeah, we had we had an earthquake there, so it was yeah, it was a bit of bit of a tohu that one, good tohu. But, oh, good um, tohu, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, Rion was done by 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 Derek. Um, my mother was done by Mark Kopua. Um, and I was done by by a, a young 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 artist. His name is Henari, and uh, well, he was um, he's, he's a gun that guy. So there was a consultation period that we had there. Right. Um, in terms of the design and stuff, I let I like to let the the artist come up with um, you know, I, we give them the concept and they come up with the designs. Um, I think if I was fiddling too much in the design area, you know, that's when stuff sort of comes up. But I need words. It's his mahi as well. So that was uh, an understanding between me and him. So, yeah, I received my, my matoora. How long was that process, my of talking backwards and forwards? To be honest, it, it, it took one wānanga. We got in the car straight down to, to, um, to Gizzi. Um, and, you know, it was just in, in the night. We just, you know, they, they already knew why we were coming. Um, they're the matanga of the mahi. Mm. Um, so we just locked in with them. So in terms of moko, my own personal preferences that I, I don't like to influence the, the kaita too much. You know, I give them the concept and they they come up with the with the end result. Um, so we really lived under the tikanga of of um, toy hokura of what Derek and them had created down there, which was another you know a, a hononga as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, so that's how I received my tamoko then. As, as I said, I had my own, um, uh, you know, wanga wanga. You know, I had another path that I was following at that time. But pehia um, So you obviously sought the advice of your your komatua and beforehand. And what did they say? Because it's, I suppose, um, the mahi that I've been doing over the years. It wasn't a big surprise that that I'd be receiving that. Also, in the back of my mind was um, at the death of uh, Awanui Black. You know, he was one that should have received the mataora, uh, and he didn't. And I said at the Morai during the Purupuraki, I said, oh, Maku tokanui e, e ora. So I kind of put my foot in it there as well. <laughs> yeah, I made that statement just based on taku aroha mo, mo te rangatira awanui. So, yeah, we sort of moved on with the process from there. Um, all of my other tamoko I have have been done by Tauranga Mona artists, which mm. this was a bit different. Yeah, this yep. was a bit different. The mahi is a, is a big thing, hononga is another thing, um, and for me it was like uh, we're exploring an, an, another hononga with with another iwi. Um, so whenever we go down there now, you know, after Fangara won the um, won the matatini, yep. Yep. you know Derek. He stood up at the mora and said, "You know, when when Nazi Konohi wins, Naiterangi wins the same because we're the same." Mm. Says, but those Honong as well, keeping them alive. Mm. Um, so yeah, this is one 
it's on the same level as Whakapapa, Taumau, the arranged marriage, and nice. Heke Toto within the kaupapa that was developed there. Naiterangi are currently protesting overlapping claims with neighbouring iwi Pare Hauraki. Last year, as a form of protest, Maya's face was spray-painted on a water tank located on Mowau, Mount Maunganui, by artist Mr G. So on the side we have the words, what, mana tangata, mana moana, mana whenua. So how did you come up with this concept? Did you sketch it first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really just, uh, you know, in light of uh, the current take and stuff, and just, uh, you know, I thought, well, I want to use my mahi to... The kaupapa, and so that's what I've done here, you know, and and, uh, and obviously drawing on, you know, the history of Mauau and, you know, just some, uh, uh, I guess, uh, uh, visual aesthetics that help tell that story. It was something that Maya took in his stride. During the Manamona um, protest, when we were getting, you know, putting out the awareness about the kaupapa that's happening, you know, Mr G, Graham, Graham Huete, um, come to the iwi and say, I want to do this, and I want to find a place to do it, and I've been on the mountain, we want to do it here. I'm like, oh, yep. And, you know, I'd, I'd only had my water for maybe three months, and and I just knew it, because in the hui, he couldn't take his eyes off me, because me and him right. went to Kurei. Nah, bro. <laughs> nah. So he come out and he said, bro, I want to put you in this. Nah, nah. I was refusing hard out. And then um, Mr. Palmer, Mr. Huata again. Yes, yes. Decided that it would be me to go up on the water tank, and that was it. Um, so, <laughs> so you know, I, I see the perception that they can be fuckahihi plus you know, not fuckapapatize or whatever. But at the at the end of the day, I suppose that was a, an artist's expression. Akanohi was used. Uh, not, yes. not too fuss which one it was. Uh, yeah, that's how the, the water tank thing, and it was all you know, in protest to the, the cross claims, the perceived yep. cross claims coming from, from outside iwi. Um, and just sort of the stuff that we've learned from then is, you know, tikanga is, is, isn't really alive and kicking within, within um, the iwi ink space, to be honest. Mm. So, you know, it was it was a misuse of, of whakapapa that people are doing in that in that space and the actual kuare from you know the crown and its processes as well towards holding value in that. So how did you react to it when you first saw it? Uh, yeah, no, it was it was uh, well, you know, I was always trying to downplay it and not make too much of us about it. Um, we had a karakia there. I was, I was like, no, he had but Haka performed up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of that come from um, Mr. G wanting to promote his stuff as well. Yeah. So he yeah. has his drone out, and so he was really wanting to launch some of his stuff that way as well, and to show his support for the for the Kaupapa. Mm. And I think that that's the main thing about that um, about that um, artwork up there is the Kaupapa. Mm. Um, to be honest, you know, I've seen um, I want to be at the Yes, on his wall as well. The center, yep, in the mount. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, when I first saw that one, I was like, that's a dumb place. But then, you know, the Puhutsukawa tree is there. Well, it is the too, yeah. The one on yeah. Pito, Pito Road. I was like, oh, you get the tiaki. Oh, as well. But, yeah, no, Mr. Mr. G's doing some, some good work. But, um, 
at the end of the day, ki, ki te haukainga, uh, ngā kōrero. And uh, I always like to say, you know, he pono ngā au mo So just keep you grounded, just keep working for the people. Even if the people there like it sometimes, we uh, mahi doni de mahi. Resurgence of moko, more moko papa, should they be happening in Tauranga? In, in regards to moko papa, it's all about the, the, the sharing of, of the knowledge. Um, and the moana moko boys, you know, they've been around for a long time now. But that for Kaurawai, they, they're growing the artists, local artists. So um, in regards to moko papa, it's always about running that moko papa, but making sure that the mana of our own ones are intact as well. Because um, I know because of the stuff that happened with um, with the heke and, and me receiving that one, you know, straight away Derek's crew were quite popular with our with our kuia. Oh, He's quite right. a handsome, handsome man. And, but, yeah, but it's, it's about maintaining everybody's mana in that space as well. Uh, I think one thing people then realise is that um, Derek learned his kōrero for, for tamoko over here at Whareroa. Um, the, the old Karawa Kanipuata, he was the, the, the last of the um, of the real true tohunga tamoko handed down from his father. So you know, Mark Kopua and Derek in the in the in the mid eighties, early nineties, they were coming across to see Kani as well. So there was um, there was a huge um, learning space there for them. They actually asked Kani, how did you know what was your first experience when learning tamoko? And he said that his father dropped him off at um, over in Matamata Mata, Mata, Mata area mm-hmm. and told him to walk home to the coast. So <laughs> that was all part of his, his training into into the hour of, of Tāmoko. And um, Kani used to have a book that um, I know Derek and them were privileged to have it. I think I wonder he had it as, as well. Um, with all Kani's corded off of Tāmoko. So pretty much the whole revitalisation of Tāmoko come out of the morning anyway at it. Maya's experienced a few things since getting mataora done. During an overseas trip to Italy, many people wanted to take selfies with him. He says he was averaging 20 a day. There's the constant stares from strangers, but perhaps more surprisingly was the reaction from his children. The thing that cracked me up the first time when I received it was when I went home to my kids. You know, they, they just didn't even notice it. It's just the norm. I said, oh, is there anything different about Dad then? Nah. <laughs> so it was, it was quite it was quite hard case, um, just that perception. Um, out in the mainstream, I found the, the, the Asian communities, yeah, they, they really raise it, the, especially the, yes, the, all of it from India through to uh, the Asian communities, they were asking questions, you know, through to our Pākehā whānau, there's... there's you know, I, I don't notice people staring at me. Everybody yes. else does. But but me, it was, um, you know, I must have been averaging, you know, maybe 15 to 20 selfies a day with just, <laughs> just randoms. Um, I remember right at the last performance, I got off the stage and crawled underneath and just sat under there because it was um, those European really embraced the male moko. Okay. Um, with the wahine one day, it was a different... Um, Attitudes happen to that. So the woman would react differently to you. No, the the the, the people reacted different to my cousin's mokokoi. Um, gotcha. Where they didn't like seeing it on a woman. On a male is different, but on a woman was like they their own pokaro and perceptions, and I was actually quite rude to her. Yeah, in, international. Um, they kind of like this face. Kia ora, Maya Farikura.
Si McLeod is a moko artist and practitioner. He's the male leader of winning kapahaka group Tawira Mai Tawhiti. He's a former student of Toi Haukura and is passionate about health and well-being. He runs his studio Uhi Wero Uhi Taya from his home at the Mount. As an artist, Sai believes that moko is about reasserting your connection to the land. Moko is always, like for us, it's always been about our umbilical tie to the earth. It's our way around how we think as well. I was raised in Dekaha from the time of birth till I was 13. Then I went to high school in Gisborne, university, and then came here. I've still still go back to the coast all the time. Like, yeah. yeah, home always draws me home. Pūhoro Mataura and Kauai, um, is there a form of tamaku that you especially like doing or is there no um, set style for you as an artist? Um, I don't have a personal preference as to what type of moko or body part that I like to do. I just find that when you like maybe post something on um, social media of a certain body part um, and the way it looks then it becomes a bit of a fad and I find myself like maybe going through a month or so of like at the moment it's um ankle bracelets. Yes, I did see that actually. <laughs> at the moment I'm doing probably... Is that because it's on tr- trend? Yeah, it's a bit or, of a trend yeah. at the moment. Um, and I'm doing probably around three or four ankle bracelets or sets of ankle bracelets a week at the moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah everyone's got them now there. <laughs> I heard you mention it before, but what has been your longest sit during Tamaku at any one um, time? My longest sit in one day is, is a 16-hour sitting I've done probably two or three times. Um, and I've done a lot of 13-hour, uh, 12-hour sittings, 10-hour sittings. And um, At the moment, I'm, I'm just trying to stick to not doing any more than six or doing smaller three-hour jobs, four-hour jobs and... And having a break and then doing another three, four hour job just because, um, like 12, 13 years of doing moko, and I've sort of developed a little bit of arthritis in my back. And oh, yes, yeah, just it's it can be really, really painful to, to sit there, hunched and, over for yeah, hours, hunched over yeah. for hours and hours. Um, and yeah, as far as I know, there's not really much of a cure for, for it, yeah, <laughs> you just got to live through it, and um. You know, tried all the remedies and getting a bit more physically active. Um, and that you are, because on your social medias, you're also, there's a side of you that's very much into health and well-being. Yeah, you? yeah. Um, I've found a, another big passion lately for, for calisthenics and, and doing a lot of body movement and and just getting out and moving because yeah. it's really, really not healthy to, like a lot of moko artists I know are, are well, I shouldn't say it because they're the bros, but they're really unhealthy. And I found myself for... Uh, like especially a few years ago, I got really, really unhealthy, and um, health is is definitely plays a big part in the way you think too. And having like if you're putting the right food and stuff in your body, I find that my moko is a lot better because I'm feeling a lot better on the inside. My mind is clearer, and um, you know I can run on less sleep um, and get more things done during the day. Um, but yeah, true. Because one end of the spectrum it's sedentary, and now you've gone and flipped the script, and now you're active. So they got a works yeah. obviously, um, you know, improved and stuff like that. So um, has Moko taken you around the world? I've had the opportunity a lot to 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 travel, um, but I've turned a lot of it down because it sort of hasn't timed well with um, other things that are going on, and 
um, things that we have on here at home. But I have been to Australia a lot, and um, probably the the biggest trip I done was I think it was two thousand and fifteen. I think it might have been. We I took um, our Kapahaka group David and my Tafiti over to um, Hawaii with me, and um, we attended a, a tattoo convention over there, an international festival, and it was a that was a really really good opportunity for. Um, not only our Ropu to be exposed to um, um, a lot of international culture and, and things like that, but for the rest of the world to um, see our culture. And we really bombarded them. Like they had, they've had a lot of moko artists and stuff there over the years, but we really um, bombarded them with our culture. Like we sat in our booth, uh, myself and um, the Kazi Iata, we sat in our booth for, for three days and our whanau from the Ropu sat in there with us with a guitar and just sung songs and um, did a few performances over there and mm. just really showed them who Māori are and how everything connects together. And yeah. Can we talk a little bit about your kapahaka life? Um, oh. So, um, I mean, how's the Rōpū doing and um, how long have you been doing kapahaka for? Um, kapahaka? Oh, I've been doing a long time. Yes. Like, from, Same as the From the womb. Oh, yes, from the womb. You, you know, from the womb of um, my mum. And she was in Whanapanui when I was born. Yeah. And um, that was the rope I was brought up until um, I was 16. And then 2000 and at the end of 2005, beginning in 2006, we started Tawira Mai Tawhiti and have been in there since, yeah, 12, 12 years we've been doing competitive kapaka for Tawira. Yeah, but I've been in kapaka my whole life, yeah. Julie Palmer, uh, who's another artist based in, at the Mount, um, said that she doesn't believe in the term kirituhi. What's your whakaaro about kirituhi? Um, kirituhi, yeah, that's, that, that kupu's been um, floating around probably as long as Pākehā have been here in receiving moko. Um, there were Pākehā receiving moko um, not long after the arrival of, of Captain Cook and, and Pākehā marrying into Māori whānau and and things like that, and um, like in terms of kiritsuhi, it's been put on someone who doesn't have that same way of thinking, and I think that's more what it's about, um, kiri being the skin and, and tuhi being to mark the skin. So you're marking the skin of somebody who has a different train of thought, has different blood running through their body, and maybe different religious beliefs as well. Because sometimes actually, like uh, a Pākehā or, or someone non-Māori carry moko, with more pride than Māori do because, like, a lot of Māori, you know, we have the right to wear moko, so that's the way we think and that's the way we walk around with it. It's like, you know, it belongs to us, we deserve to wear it. And and Pākehā, f- you know, they feel like it's it's more of an honour for them. And, like, especially foreigners, like, um, like sometimes the kazis, and, like, we live in Tauranga and he might have someone in Whakatane who will think, oh, is a bit far for moko. But I, go, I get people here monthly who... Um, will literally fly here from, um, I've had people from the United States and all over Europe that fly in, have moko done, and they fly straight back to Europe or back to the States, and that's that's commitment to, to wanting to wear moko, and mm. that's what kiritu is, is, is those sort of people wear. Tā yao moko um, which which is all about receiving your moko and, and putting how you tie to the earth on you, wearing it with you, walking around, 
wherever you go, carrying those ties to the earth with you, and then when you pass on and you're returned back into the earth, that's the only th- friend that you have with you in death is, is your moko. That's the only thing you take back into the earth with you. Kia ora, Cy McLeod, moko artist of Uhiwero Uhitaya. And earlier we heard from Maya Farikura, Tiana Bennett and Summer Bennett, who each shared their own thoughts about moko in this series, Tamoko Sessions. E kore e mimiti te puna mihi a kia koutou katoa nā koutou i tākoha mai o koutou kōrero hōhonu. Koe ranga kaupapa o te wā, hei kona mai. I'm ready now, would you please take me down to the river To the river Wash my body, cleanse my soul down in the Wash away my sins, let them flow away Till I'm purer than I was before I came Smooth waters, can you carry me to my redemption? My redemption Deliver me from the dark Into he let them soak in the river, in the river, till they're pure, just like the waters of my skin. Wash over me. Wash over me, wash over me. 